Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your move. Welcome to Crime Wire, a program dedicated to bringing attention to unsolved crimes and educating the public about various types of crimes and how to avoid becoming a victim. If you'd like to submit a case to Crime Wire or suggest a topic for a future show, please email us at thenewcrimewire at gmail.com. My name is Denny Griffin, and on today's show, my co-host Delilah Jones and I will discuss the 2003 murder of then 71-year-old San Francisco businessman Victor Bach with his sister, Sandra Bach-Hayes. Sandra, welcome to CrimeWire. Thanks, Jenny. And uh, would you please tell our listeners about your father, uh, or excuse me, about your brother, what kind of uh, guy he was, and uh, then a little bit about his wife, Kathy, and uh, and their lifestyle. Uh, My brother, Vic, was really a very, very generous man. One of his favorite sayings was, education never weighs very much. Uh, He was a longtime businessman in San Francisco, a co-owner of Western Plumbing and Heating, a company my father started uh, right prior to basically the middle of World War II, Uh, The company only did very large projects and government projects. Uh, When he married Kathy, who was his second wife, um, he met her when she was a waitress at St. Francis Creamery. She was a good 16 years younger than he, uh, divorced with two children, I don't think uh, she'd ever had a lifestyle, the type that Vic could provide for her, which he did. Uh, They lived extremely well. Uh, They had a home in Burlingame, California, and then later on sold that and moved to another home on the peninsula in San Mateo, California. Um, As far as their relationship went, I think the beginning years were probably very good. Uh, They began to change pretty drastically when my father, Vic and I, our father, was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's, and they moved him into their home. Neither had to really care for him because we had hired around-the-clock help for my dad. Uh, At that time, Kathy... Uh, really went through a lot of changes, and they weren't good changes. There was a lot of drinking. uh, There was a lot of packing her nose, a lot of arguments. I was present for a lot of them. At the time, I was a a regional manager for Kaiser Permanente, and so I was in Northern California every other week. And that about sums up Sandra, what their life was what, like. Uh, during the, the courtship, if you will, be, between uh, your brother and Kathy and before they were... Hello?
Did everybody leave me here? Okay, well, I guess what we'll do is we'll wait for our guest and our host to call back in. I'm not sure what the technical difficulty is. Sandra, hi. Hi, yeah, I lost you. I Well, apparently Denny did too because his call has dropped, but... That's okay because what we'll I can edit this portion out as soon as he calls back in. Okay. And uh, so it'll you know this all all this conversation won't be in the finished product. So we'll just need to wait until he gets back. I know he was mm-hmm. right in the middle of a question. Not to, I yes, unfortunately don't know what his question where he was leading up with it. No, I do. it was something about the courtship, and then he vanished. I know. All of a sudden, he was gone. Gone. Um, yeah. So um, I'll give him just a few more, and then if not, then uh, <clears throat> we'll just proceed, I guess. I, I don't know why. He's usually good. If, this happens occasionally. It, sometimes it'll be our internet. I know my internet, we just came through a hurricane. Oh, mm-hmm. here he is. There you are. Okay. Jen. Sorry sorry for my absence. <laughs> no problem. Oh, I'm going okay. to do a countdown so I can delete this part of it out so I know where to cut, okay? Okay. So get okay. ready to go in five, four, three. Two, one. So, Sandra, did, was there a, during the courtship uh, period uh, between your brother and Kathy before they were actually married? Did you get to interact with her at all? And if so, what was your impression? Uh, my impression of her was probably not that favorable. Um, I did interact with them quite a bit. Uh, basically, she uh, came across as someone not not real open, uh, not particularly attractive. Uh, I really had no clue as to what he found attractive in her. I mean, I'm being really blunt about it. Now, you mentioned that uh, later on uh, she had issues maybe with some drug use and alcohol. Uh, yeah. Do you think do you think that was going on prior? In other words, like when he first met her and before they got married, do you think she had those problems? I'm not – I really can't answer that. I mean, she never appeared to have those problems. And because they lived in uh, San Francisco and I was in San Diego, uh, basically I was probably probably saw her at that time maybe once every two months. So, you know, I, I really could not answer and say, yes, she was at that time or no, she wasn't. Did did the other did the rest of the family, other family members also get to meet her and interact? And uh, if so... How did they feel about her and and Victor? Uh, Basically, uh, my younger brother interacted with her quite a bit. Uh, They felt she was okay. Uh, Vic was really, he was a very nice-looking man, um, really quite charming. And I think they kind of felt the same way. You know, what does he really see? What, What is the draw there? But because it's your brother and this is someone he's seeing, uh, you're always very nice, very polite, and it just stayed that way. Uh, your brother, to have succeeded, uh, attained the success he had as a businessman, uh, you would have to believe he had, you know, was an intelligent guy and, oh, and yeah. good, good judgment. So uh, that probably compounded the, the concerns or the... Uh, the questions the family had, you know, about where is he going with this or, or how. Right. Uh, the, um, so what we have now at this point, we have a very successful businessman who um, is divorced and he meets this Kathy. 
uh, who's I think you said about 16 years younger than uh, right. than he was, and she uh, she has two uh, two children and she's working in a, a restaurant or uh, and anyway they uh, he meets her that way and eventually they get married. Now does uh, does Kathy get involved with the business at all or is she strictly a stay at home housewife? In the beginning, she was strictly a stay at home. And then she started working at Western uh, basically part-time, not doing a great deal, and then uh, became the major accountant at Western. Uh, She had no accounting background, but, you know, it's all computerized, so it wasn't that complicated. And it was quite a few years after she was the major accountant or comptroller, whichever term you prefer, uh, that the embezzlement started. And so, now, did uh, did your brother have a partner in the business, or was he this? Yeah, no, he had a partner, a long-time partner. They had been partners uh, basically, gosh, I can't, I can't say the exact number of years, they had known one another and worked together. Uh, By the time Vic was murdered, it had been over 41 years that they had been together. So the the partner apparently went along with the idea of having Kathy employed or or working at the business? Right, right. Okay, now you say that's when the embezzlement started. Uh, uh, Please explain to us, uh, first of all, what... uh, how much money we're talking uh, over what period of time, and is, was it clear that uh, that Kathy was the embezzler? Uh, it became clear that she was the embezzler. It probably started quite small, very small amounts. And then eventually within, I'm going to guess, about a two, two-and-a-half-year period from Western Plumbing and Heating, she embezzled over a million dollars. She was the co-signer on a family friend, his trust. She embezzled over a million dollars from his trust and was finally arrested in 2004, December of 2004, went to trial, San Francisco Superior Court, Uh, In October 2008, she was found guilty on 14 counts of fraud embezzlement, spent four and a half years approximately, maybe a little longer or less, in prison. She is now, of course, out. Uh, She's no longer on parole. That period has ended. She's... Embezzled about two million dollars total from the from the yeah. business and the two, trust. Two million and, plus. And no one detected this, obviously, for a while. I mean, you say it went on a couple of years. Um, right. And uh, but your your brother was murdered before this fraud was detected. Uh, yes, he was murdered before. And let me go into that just a little bit. He was murdered on October 31st, 2003. The day prior to Halloween, he had a meeting with the attorney, and this attorney was also the attorney for Western Plumbing and Heating and the Apple Trust. The meeting was to discuss the discrepancies in the Apple Trust. Uh, Where was the money? Where did it go? How was it used? Um, and then, of course, the next day, my brother was bludgeoned to death. So, so there uh, was he the, knew. This... Go ahead. Um, he, yeah, he actually, uh, I'm quite sure there was probably uh, not a very pleasant scene between Victor and Kathy after the attorney left. Uh, then a few months Later, not much longer, a series of checks were found stashed at Western 
which started the fraud embezzlement investigation. Did you talk with your brother at all about this as this was unfolding? And uh, did he ever say, actually say to you that he was quite sure Kathy was the responsible party? No, no, he never. I he did not discuss what happened on the thirtieth with anyone. Uh, we found out everything, of course, as we were getting ready to go to trial. Uh, basically, the attorney was very open about the meeting and, of course, spoke with the district attorney, and it all came out. So the, uh, you say the, the trust fund had discrepancies there had shown up first, yeah. And then uh, there were some issues with the business, with the plumbing and heating. Um, was that audited, or was the business going to be audited? Was anything pending about uh, that? Yes. Uh, it had been suggested that they do a forensic audit. Uh, the audit never took place because they were able to do the audit themselves. And they did find... With the checks that were found, uh, these checks were not signed by my brother, nor were they signed by his partner. The signatures were forged. And Kathy was the only basic signer for the checks, so it was a pretty easy, yes, she did it. Do you think... That at at that stage of the game, when it obvious was had to be obvious to your your brother that that his wife was uh, doing some bad things, um, do you think he was he was considering a legal action, turning her over to the DA or to the police for a criminal investigation, or do you think he would have just maybe divorced her or something or tried to work out a deal without involving uh, a legal action? I really don't know because, as I said, he really did not discuss it with any family member. And then, of course, the next day, he's dead. So we would just be guessing if we, or if I said, well, I think he would probably try to work it out on his own prior to a legal action. But that would just be a guess. Okay, so after the meeting with the lawyer, which Kathy was also attending or would have known about? She she kept walking in and out of the meeting. Uh, She was not asked to attend. According to the attorney, she kept interrupting the meeting. And... My feeling on that is that it wasn't just curiosity. It was maybe she thought or guessed or figured out that uh, I'm about to be caught. Yeah, she would have known, I assume, that this lawyer was uh, involved with the trust fund. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. So, yeah. If she had uh, looted a million bucks out of that uh, business, out of that uh, trust, then I would assume she'd have been a little nervous, as you say. And it might be very Uh, logical to assume she wanted to kind of keep an ear into this thing and find out what was happening. And we have no way of knowing what transpired after the lawyer left, whether there was whether he confronted her or there was an argument. you know, I, I can only think of how I would, if it, I were in uh, Victor's situation, I probably would have had some words with her uh, afterward, but we don't know that, so we uh, we, we can't say for sure. But, no, uh, but was, there, was there any suspicion during that period of time? I mean, you know, because of maybe her spending habits and or, you know, obviously difference in spending if she suddenly well, had a lot of money to spend. Oh, yes, and there were arguments over her spending. Uh, That was a period of time she'd already had um, body sculpting done, and Uh she was shopping big time at big names like Prada. Um, I know that Vic would get really up in arms about the bills that came in. Um, I don't think that it ever occurred to him that this was money 
that really was not hers that she was spending. Yeah, that that would be kind of odd um, because obviously she didn't just take it and spend it all at one time. It, and I guess my next question is, was there any money left over? Had she taken money from those accounts and possibly put it into, you know, a Swiss bank account or something? Uh, no. The district attorney never found a trail where she had put the money into another bank or invested it. <clears throat> okay. So she basically went on a $2 million spending spree. Uh, yeah, you could say that and be pretty safe wow. about it. Uh, so we don't know what happened after the lawyer left on, uh, on the day before Halloween of 2003, but we do know what happened on Halloween 2003, the day after. Could you Would you go through that for us about, about what transpired, how you heard about it, and, and so on and so forth? Uh, yes. Kathy's daughter, Lisa, called me on late in the afternoon of the 31st. It must have been around 4 or 5 uh, to let me know that Victor was dead. She did not say he had been murdered. Merely he was dead. Uh I flew up that day, uh, actually, no, I did, I flew up the next day. I was there very early in the morning, uh, flew into San Francisco, and that's when I found out that he was bludgeoned to death at Western Plumbing and Heating. At about, he must have died at about 3.45 in the afternoon because that's when his watch had stopped. There was apparently, according to what was said and the police, there was no one else at Western. Uh, normally, they closed up between 3 and 4 in the afternoon. All the employees were gone. Uh, this was a very up-close and personal murder. Uh, the only thing that was taken were his shoes. Uh, left on Vic was his money clip with about $500 cash, the car keys, his Rolex watch. Uh, it was really quite bizarre. Uh, that the only item taken were his shoes. So this did not appear to be a robbery, obviously, if, if the oh, money no. and the watch. And, no, now, what not did a the robbery. Police did the police come up with any theory or did anybody else come up with a theory about the shoes? Uh, the only theory that has ever come up about the shoes was that whoever did this, uh, their shoes were spattered. Uh, and so they took their shoes off, put his shoes on, left Western, and within about a seven-minute period when you leave Western, uh, you're right there at San Francisco Bay, so the shoes could have been dumped anywhere along the way or into the bay. Uh, the weapon that was used, they believe, was probably a wrench or something similar found on the shop floor. Not that the item was found, but that's where they were all kept. So it would have been a very handy item to pick up but and use on someone. But they didn't actually find this specific item. No, they did not find the weapon. Um, the shoe thing is 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 puzzling. Uh, you know, your your theory uh, is possible. Did, was there any indication that Victor put up a fight? Yes, <laughs> he had defensive wounds. Um, so far, nothing has turned up uh, in DNA testing. Uh, right now, they're going through a series of retesting. It will probably begin, I would say, sometime after January because the San Francisco Crime Lab is getting <coughs> new equipment and uh, certain items will be retested. Okay. The uh, the initial uh, police uh, investigation um at the time of the killing, uh, did they have a theory of, for a suspect? Did they, did they have some idea who they might be looking for? 
Uh, not that they ever said. I I really I have no idea if they did or didn't because they would never say. Um, I do know at the time uh, the chief of police was uh, Chief Fong, and the decision was made to separate the homicide from the fraud embezzlement. Uh, the theory I. I think, was that the fraud embezzlement was a sure thing. Uh, Naming someone for the homicide was not. Kate, did did they ever tell you or did you ever suspect, um, poor choice of words, did you ever think that Kathy might be a suspect? Yes, I did think that. And um, I mentioned it several times to the police. Uh, approximately a year after Vic's murder, um, we had a big family meeting. We hired a private investigator, and we started meeting with the two inspectors from San Francisco Police Department homicide, uh, merely to keep tabs on what are they doing. And uh, basically... I can't say that all of the meetings went generally well. Um, It seemed to me and to family members uh, too much of a coincidence. Uh, Fraud embezzlement is discovered, and the next day the leading person is dead. So, you know, it's just a family theory. Right, and... uh... In addition to the the embezzled money, the two million approximately, um, did Kathy gain anything from Victor's death as far as life insurance or oh, assets? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She was uh, the executor of his will and trust. Um, within a year after Victor's murder, she sold their home. She moved to Redding, California. Uh, bought a home in a gated community, um, lost that home when she went to prison, uh, claiming that she had no funds. Uh, When the trial went on for the fraud embezzlement, she was defended by a public defender. So all this money, the embezzled money, and anything she got, uh, you know, through Victor's death, all that was gone, huh? What she claimed, yes. She did claim it was totally gone. And she was convicted, though, so she went to prison. You said she did about four and a half years? Yes. But the the murder piece of this, you said they handled it as two separate investigations. The the homicide yes. investigation was still ongoing. They they never uh, arrested anybody uh, for this no, thing? They, no, no. No one has ever been arrested for this. Uh, After about six years, it went to the cold case unit of San Francisco police. And uh, they're working on it. Uh, We meet with them. Um, In fact, we just had a meeting with them uh, this past October. Well, this October, actually. And they're retired or about to be retired police inspectors that work the cold case unit. So it seems like every year to three years you get a new group of inspectors in the cold case unit. Sometimes you get the feeling we're starting all over again from square one. Uh, The new group that's now working with it They've been on this case a little over a year plus, um, maybe a year and a half, maybe a bit longer. They seem really basically like they are truly digging into all the information, all past interviews. They're doing many, many re-interviews. And as I said, they're going to reprocess DNA, hoping that something shows. Do you, 
Do you know, uh, perchance, Sandra, if anybody ever checked Kathy's whereabouts at the time of the murder? I mean, did they? Did she have an uh, alibi? Yes. She was at home. Um, she and Victor were supposed to go to a football game. Uh, my other brother's son at that time was going to Sarah High School on the football team. They were to go to the game. Victor was late getting home. She couldn't reach him on his cell. She said she couldn't reach anyone at Western. Um, she was using a landline. That came out in one of the meetings with the police, and that was very odd because she was normally using her cell phone. And she started calling around, thinking that someone may know where he was. Uh, Then, of course, she got a phone call. She finally called the police and asked them to go and check Western. And that's when Victor's body was found. And they... The police then contacted her. Uh, She and the partner drove to West, um, and from then on, it was in the police hands. Uh, Let me. Was there ever any suspicion about the the partner, his business Um, partner? uh, Yeah, there was. It was it was pretty vague. Uh, basically, he would have had absolutely nothing to really gain. The way the partnership was set up, I mean, he really would not have come out m- much ahead. And they were right. both making a really good wage, and the business was doing very well. So, yeah, uh, really, the, I do not believe the partner had any anything to do with it at all. Curious, uh, Sandra, if you know, were were these phone calls that were made by Kathy, where she tried to reach Victor, tried to reach him on the cell phone, and made various other phone calls from their home phone? Uh, was that all actually confirmed? You know, through phone records, did they verify that that phone was I, used at those times? I couldn't answer that. That is something the police uh, would never say one way or another, so I can only guess that it was confirmed. And if so, then that that would be, uh, well, not necessarily. I'm, I'm just thinking if she didn't start calling until, you know, later in the day, and if, if uh, the killing took place at about 3.45, as uh, according to the Victor's watch stopping at that time. Uh, how far how far did they live uh, from the business? Um, depending on traffic, it could take twenty minutes or twenty minutes plus to get there. So I mean, I know that uh, at that at the time all this occurred, the police inspectors who were then working on it, they were from the homicide division, uh, basically. My only question was, if if you're really looking for someone, but you know where they work, my feeling was that if it were me, I would have jumped in the car and driven to their place of business. Yeah, I was. That was a question I was going to ask. You know, I mean, it, it uh, from what you're saying, it was certainly close enough for her to have done that. Uh, right. It wasn't like she would have had to drive for two hours or something to get there. Um, and it also, uh, if the if the use of the landline was confirmed through the phone records, which will, I mean, certainly that would have, I think, been a standard uh, investigative effort uh, by the police to verify that. But if... Uh, I don't think that totally would rule her out because if she didn't start calling around, if the records show she didn't start calling around until 5 o'clock or or whatever, and it's only a 20 or 30 minute drive, uh, she could have been at the business and returned home. You know, Well, she uh, could have, but she did not have the upper body strength. And I say that because uh, basically we had done a number of trips together and 
like getting out of a pool when you swim to the side and you use your arms to pull yourself out. I mean, she mm-hmm. could never do that. Okay, so you don't think she had the strength to have uh, delivered the kind of a blow or blows do that killed her? So. Uh, but, you know, we're talking here, and, and I, I don't want to just focus on Kathy, but under the circumstances, it wasn't a robbery, certainly, you, you know, and, and with the financial interest and the possible, uh, you know, maybe being exposed for additional fraudulent activity, you have to think that she had a, a motive if if, uh, if you're looking for motive. Yeah. And uh, would it be possible when you had that kind of money, you know, a couple of million from the embezzlement and whatever she stood to gain from Victor's death, uh, would it be possible that she could have paid somebody to... Uh... That's that's a very good possibility. And uh, whether or not she did, uh, the family has always thought, well, yes, someone was hired. And because the person was let into Western, it seems that it would be someone that Victor may have met or even known or recognized. Uh, You know, after hours, nobody really went to Western. In other words, if you're putting a bid on a job, you're meeting with person, but they don't actually, you know, after hours come by for whatever. So, yeah. If... uh... As it stands today, what do you think happened? I think that someone was hired. I believe that this was very up close and personal. Um, I would before before my life is over, I would love to see this come to trial. I would love to see whoever did this, whoever was responsible for hiring this person. I would like to see them in a court of law. Uh, We as a family got very involved with um, Citizens Against Homicide. We've had a billboard up in Reading, uh, which is now down, with a reward on it. We had the same thing in San Francisco. Since this is the 13-year anniversary of Victor's murder, we've been putting ads they will appear next week in the Reading and Sacramento areas. Uh, the reward is now up to $227,000. So we're hoping that someone pays attention to the ads or has overheard something, is willing to come forward and give the San Francisco police an some sort of area that they could pursue. You said the reward's up to 227000 Yes. Well, God, you would certainly think that would prompt somebody, uh, hopefully legitimately, uh, to come forward. I was, does the local media, uh, other than, you know, paid ads, is the local media doing any interviews of you or other family members to, maybe to do some uh, actual TV coverage or newspaper coverage? No, not at this time. Now, the city of San Francisco, uh, once the mayor agrees to it, uh, the city itself will increase the reward. Uh, part of that 227000 a 100000 is from the city of San Francisco. When they increase the reward, and a portion of it, we hope, goes toward solving Victor's murder, at that time, then, according to the police, um, there will be a media coverage. And so we're hoping for that. Yeah, absolutely. Because you never know what memory you're going to trigger in someone. Um, what about her children, Sandra? What, I mean, where where are they today, or what are their thoughts on this? Uh, basically, they have had no contact with her uh, 
since the fraud embezzlement was discovered, uh, we did confront her about it in Redding, California. Her daughter was with us. And after that, relations were severed. They have no relationship now. And but are they still in contact with your side of the family? Uh, her son, no. Her daughter, mm-hmm. on occasion. Okay. You know, just uh, as you're talking here, I'm I'm thinking about the. Uh, and and again, obviously, the police aren't going to disclose evidence prematurely because they want to they want to get this out. But um, if if there was a uh, you know a hired hand involved in this thing, um, the phone records somewhere along the line, I would imagine would I, I can vi- visualize that the person who did this that uh, if, if it was something arranged by Kathy that she would want to have an alibi and not have her car seen in the vicinity of the business at that time. So she probably would have stayed totally away from the area. Um, but the person that acted on her behalf would have had to have gotten a hold of her. Now, I suppose he or she could have driven to her to her house, but uh, more logically, a phone call saying, okay, I've, you know, the, the job's been done. Start making your your inquiries, you know, that you're trying to find, Victor. Um, uh, I assume the police checked that out. I don't know, but if if that theory is right, somehow Kathy had to be informed the job's been completed. You can now start setting up your alibi, you know, by making phone calls to various places. Um, Do you think... Can you think of some other way that would have gone down? But she had to know she doesn't want to be making phone calls and then have Victor, you know, not have been killed. And uh, so if, if, if that theory is the correct theory, then somehow this individual well, got somehow a hold of contact her. had to be made. Yeah. Uh, whether it was a phone call, whether it was an email, whether they had a... Who knows, maybe a signal, you know, let the phone ring three times. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, she started calling probably at around 4, 4.15. Uh, probably did not wait till 5 o'clock. And that's only, I'm only guessing, uh, because the police have never said, nor can they, if they can ever get enough circumstantial evidence put together to take it to a district attorney in San Francisco and then take it to a grand jury, uh, then, of course, we will know more as to what they actually followed through on. You you say their uh, lab is being upgraded or they're getting new equipment and yes. they're, they're going to start testing or retesting, I should say? Yes, retesting. Uh, do you know how much DNA stuff they got? Did, did they ever tell you no. what type of... No, DNA? absolutely not. No. Um, I do have a copy, of course, of the coroner's report. Uh, and it, when you read it and you know that he was hit from behind the first time and that he did have defensive wounds... Um, I mean, this sounds ridiculous, but there has to be, I would think, DNA, even though it happened in a place of business where there is a lot of DNA everywhere, uh, it would seem that there has to be some on his person. Yes, I, I going back to the shoe thing, that's such a, a bizarre thing, Uh you know your your thoughts could be correct uh, that the the killer obviously a male then in that case had to uh, change shoes or something, or perhaps the uh, the killer bled on Victor's shoes and was aware of could it and just been. wanted you know wanted to ditch him from the DNA standpoint. 
could very well be. Uh, you know, and it, it, at first they thought maybe it was a street person because Western Plumbing and Heating was located in the Mission District and there are a lot of street people. Uh, that theory, of course, was thrown out because any street person uh, would have the wherewithal to take the money, uh, maybe not credit cards, but definitely would take a watch to pawn, whether he knew it was a real Rolex or not. And you said there was, what, 500 bucks in cash, too, in the money clip? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as it does not know. make any sense that it was just some vagabond that happened to... No, it does not make any sense. It was a vagabond. Uh, it was on the. It happened on the ground floor of Western, which meant that they came in via a side door, not the big sliding doors that the trucks went in and out of. When the police arrived, that door, the side door, was not locked, which is how they got into the building. And Dick was on the floor of the shop. Uh, and he was hit from behind, you say, the first blow, they think, was from behind. They think. They think. Well, this is uh, certainly a, uh, a mystery. I mean, there's a lot of things here that, that don't really make sense. Um, the shooting well, is what I'm hung up on. How satisfied are you and your family with the investigation that's been done over the last, what, 13 years? Um, to be really honest with you, uh, in the beginning, uh, when it was with homicide, say that we were really satisfied. Uh, we do know that the team <clears throat> that now has it in the cold case unit, uh, they're very competent. They seem to be very upfront. They seem to really be pursuing. Um, I know that they've gone back through the notes uh, that our private investigator, who met with the original homicide inspectors uh, more than twice, I mean, he had permission from us, and we said, you know, whatever you find, let the police know. So... I, I really feel at this time that maybe we're just finally going to get a lucky break. Well, between the DNA uh, retest uh, with apparently some new techniques or new equipment and uh, that reward, uh, uh, you would certainly think that uh, that ought to generate something. One of them or both of them should uh, hopefully generate some type of of, like you say, a break or information that will move this forward. I hope so. And where's Kathy today? Um, does anyone know? I'm, I'm sure you're not in constant contact with her, but um, does anyone know whether she ever got over her spending addiction? I imagine spending time in prison, not being able to go shopping would cure it, but um, it's just... I have as far as I know, she is living with one of her sisters in the Roseville area of California. And she has been living with her uh, probably, hmm, I'm going to guess, maybe two years. Um, I don't know what she is doing for a job if, or even if she has a job. Of course, you know, Victor was not her first husband, so I can't even verify that she's still using the same last name, that she's using Bach as her last name. Right. Well, I would think um, I would think investigators would at least want to keep tabs on where she is and what she's oh, doing, right? Oh, they have. Yeah. They have? The, okay. the, the inspectors with the cold case unit have kept tabs on her. Great. Sandra, well, again, we appreciate uh, you being on with us today. And uh, as things progress, would you keep us, uh, let us know? And uh, if anything happens, we'd like to do an update. 
listen, Denny, if it ever comes to a grand jury, you're not only going to hear from me, I'll be very loud and very joyful. <laughs> I can imagine you will be. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I will. Well, Sandra, good luck, and we hope to hear from you soon with some good news. Yes, thank you so much, both of you. You're welcome. And, You're more than welcome. Uh, uh, for our listeners, thank you for being with us. And uh, until the next episode of Crime Wire, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. don't go to geico.com car insurance can be hard like early 90s heavy metal hard i'm yelling and screaming and i'm loud Roar. geico makes it easy you can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the geico mobile app because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives i'm not even upset about anything When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.